Sports and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. Boom, 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 and boom. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. I am fired up to help you make them all money. Make it them all money, Chop. I'm, 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 oh, Chop, we're excited to help, help, help the listeners. Make it, make it, make Buy it the some money. some spaghetti and meatballs. This is, a, this is a great time of the year. We're headed into the end of the year to stop and reflect and to ask yourself, how did you get here? Both good and bad. How did you get here? What did what, you do? How what did, actions you do? have you been doing that have got you to where you are today. Because if you if you aren't self-aware and we don't invest the time to ask ourselves, how did we get here? It will be impossible to improve. It will be, uh, there's always the economy we could blame. There's our, our genetics, our <laughs> metabolism, our busy schedule. I just don't digest carbs, Clay. It's it's just, that uh, there, we have so many things that we, in business, there's so many people we could blame. And as a, as a general rule, Eight out of ten businesses fail, and so there's eight out of ten entrepreneurs out there willing to help you justify why you're stuck. They're going, you know what? It is hard to find employees. You know, you just can't. Chup, how many times have you sat down with a business coach client who has told you the reason why their business can't grow is that they currently have been unable to find good people, uh, and then you know you actually help them learn how to do that, and now it's not a problem anymore. All of them. Oh. Absolutely every person that I've ever worked with, including whenever I ran a business, the concrete company back uh, in the day before I learned about hiring systems and how to train people properly and the importance of those things. Uh, so literally everybody out there, you can't find good people. No, it's just harder to find them. You've got to have a system in place. Paul Hood, you're a CPA. You've been, you've been a CPA for how many years now? My 30 friend? years. For 30 years? Yes, you're sir. You're only 32. How was that? Well, oh, yeah, I started oh, early. Come on. Yeah. Okay. All it right. was potty <laughs> training, CPA exam. That's kind of what my life was. You're a great sponsor of this program. Just a, just a, a joy to have on the program. Uh, we get the chance to do the show every Saturday and Sunday. Listeners can hear the show at, uh, what, is, what, what time does it, does it air on Saturday and Sunday? 9 a.m. on Saturday and Sundays. 9 9 a.m., a look under the hood with Paul Hood. Paul, when you sit down and look, talk to somebody for the first time, a business owner, about their accounting, what percentage of the time are they really unable to, to point to how they got here? They're usually going, you know, I, I, upon further review, I'm not where I want to be financially, and I don't know how I got here. Well, virtually no one, that when they come in, virtually 0% come in. Most of them say they, they uh, well, I, you know, it says we don't have any money, but the paperwork here says we made all kinds of money, so we don't know where the money went. Um, and so they're not being proactive. They're not planning. They're not evaluating, um, using their numbers as a, as a forward-looking dashboard and comparing their results with, with their plan. And, you know, a lot of times it takes a little, little tough love, like you were talking about. Jack Welch, in his book, I just finished reading it, uh, Winning, he says, when you own your choices, you have to accept the consequences. And so, you know, that's kind of what we have to do is you, once they've come to talk to me or they talk to you at one of the, the seminars or one of your coaches, Chup, you guys, you know, it, it kind of takes their excuses away. You know, according to USA Today, currently, this is USA Today, this is an October 6th, 2017. So this is a very recent statistic for you. A little over half of Americans cannot come up with at least $400 of savings, regardless of age or income. They don't have 
even $400 saved. And I'm not trying to beat you up as a listener. What I'm trying to do is to coach you up. I never want to feel I never want you to feel like I'm talking down to you. I want to help coach you up. And that's why we're devoting the entire week this week to teaching you how Google works. How does Google work? Well, first you have to know the history. And then we're going to teach you the specific steps you need to take. So here we go. On yesterday's show, if you missed it, we explained to you how they started Google. But basically, the summary is they're going to college. They're 23 years old. Nobody can find what they're looking for on the internet. And so Larry and Sergey get the idea why they're 23-year-old college students on the campus of Stanford University in California that they can download the entire internet what? and then put it onto a graph and a chart and to look for similarities. And they figured out that, you know what, we're going to look at the best sites in the world and figure out why they're the best and the ones that are the worst, and then we're going to make a plan. So they looked at all the data, and they found that the sites that were the best sites, the, the best user experience, were the ones that had the most backlinks, right. which is why for a long time they called the company Backrub. And mm. so they started taking their first round of investments because they had so much money come, they had so much money going out. They're spending so much money using uh, basically old computers they found on the Stanford campus. Stanford says, "Listen, guys, I, we love that millions of people are using your search engine, but we can't, you know, host it for free. You're going to have to go get an office. This has to become a business. It can't just be you guys downloading the internet at the expense of Stanford." Right. So they. Uh, don't have a place to go. So they reach out to their friend Susan, who, oh, by the way, is worth $1.2 billion today. Hey, Susan. And they said, Susan, can we office out of your garage? And she goes, who's uh, we? They go, Larry, <laughs> Sergey, and Craig. Oh, Craig. He, he's always there, man. Don't forget and, Craig. And so they're in the garage, but yet still the cost of hosting the website is so expensive. So they start pitching deals. Pitching, pitching, pitching. They finally find a guy. He does a tour. He looks at, he looks at the Google uh, system how it works, and he goes, I'll put $100,000 in. Who do I make the check to? They said, uh, well, Backrub? It's like, Backrub? I mean, I, mean, I mean, Google. So that was, they took that <laughs> deposit, and they formed the Google uh, checking account for the first time. Well, then a couple months later, they're out of cash again. So they go pitch to the Amazon founder, Jeff Bezos, and he goes, uh, I'm in for $250. Uh, then they found the guy who worked for uh, Jeff Bezos at Amazon, and he's like, I'll put in $250. So now they're out of cash again. So they say, you know what? We've been doing this a long time, and we haven't made any money, so it's probably a good idea if we go ahead and just sell it. Mm. And so they went ahead Whoops. and reached out to uh, everyone they knew, and they ended up getting an offer to... Uh, they, they thought, you know what? George Bell over at Excite, I think he'll buy the company for $1 million. Now, this is after they've been in business for two years, and uh, George Bell says, uh, not going to happen. You guys could go talk to my buddy, Vinod. Uh, Kosla, and he's going to help negotiate a better deal for us. Vinod gets the Google guys to accept a $750,000 offer, and at the last minute, George Bell turns it down. Oh. So if George Bell could have bought, Excite could have bought Google for seven hundred and fifty grand. So they're like, well, since that didn't work, we might as well keep going because we don't want to go bankrupt. So they got a $25 million round of funding from Kleiner, Perkins, Caulfield, and Byers and Sequoia Capital. Three years into business, they still haven't made any money. And finally, the, the guys at Sequoia, the guys at Kleiner, Perkins, Caulfield, and Byers, they say, listen, we just invested $25 million into you knuckleheads. You're going to have to eventually make some money. And Larry and Sergey are like, yeah, but if we do ads, we'll be like Yahoo and everybody else. And people won't trust us anymore. And so they said, here's, here's the deal. Why don't you just put text-based ads? So if 10 things come up top in Google, two of them can be ads. Okay, they're just text. Come on, man. Come on. We're going to need go, some money. They go, uh, 
No. Um, it has to be on the side, and it has to be really noticeable that it's an ad. We don't want people to think it's part of the search. And they're going, fine, just come on, man. <laughs> so they start doing this, and over time, Larry Page, the partner who the co-founder, he realizes we can't rank sites based just upon who has the ba- most backlinks because people have figured it out, and they're just starting to buy backlinks for you know pennies on the dollar. And we need to find a better way to optimize a website. So he invented a program, a mechanism called PageRank he, that he named after himself, Larry Page. And he got a patent for it. Finally, it was issued in 2001. And so here they are, 26 years old, and they decide, you know what? It's time to hire some people. So they hire some people. At, money's coming in now because people are actually using Google, and they're actually clicking on the ads. They're making money. And so at the age of 29... They basically go public with the business. They go public. They've been working on this for eight years, guys. Eight years. They haven't really made a lot of money for eight years. That's kind of profound if you think about it. I mean, how many people, Paul, have you worked with any clients that would be willing to work on something for eight years? No. None. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. I'm going to brag on a client that's an exception to the rule. Um, you, have, uh, you introduced me to Charles Kola. Um, how long has Kola been in fitness? Um, well, probably I would probably guess 17, 18 years. Judging by looking at him forever, like he was in I the. I think he was born out. that way. Yeah, maybe twenty years. I mean, he's not a he's not an old guy. I mean, how uh, long has he been, ran Kola Fitness? Um, well, uh, I've he's been a client of mine for at least fifteen years. So I don't. I mean, and it's let me at just least give that. an example. Charles is a guy who knows how to sell, and he also has a great product. And so Charles, uh, you know, again, Charles, I don't mean to divulge all your secrets on the radio show here, but, but you're, you're, he's doing well financially. He's done well for himself. These guys at Google weren't doing well for eight years. Struggle is real. Eight years just trying to make it each week, just trying to get another round of funding. Uh, Sergey Brin once said, he said, I would like to see anyone be able to achieve their dreams. And that's what this organization does. That's the whole point of Google is they love to help fund entrepreneurs. They have a company now called Google Ventures where they fund um, promising technologies. And so they're at the leading edge, the, the very, the leading, uh, they're, they're leading the way in artificial intelligence, the Google car, Google glasses, Google online shared documents. It's pretty, the Google phone. But here they are. Their dominance begins in 2005 because they have the money coming in. They took the company public. And oh, by the way, their valuation of the company was $23 billion. So they went from not being very profitable at all to a $23 billion uh, valuation. Well, through the connections Hmm. now of having a major venture capital team teaming up with them, they were able to switch major, major companies like Coca-Cola, Nike, convinced those companies to invest in digital advertisement instead of just newspapers, television, uh, magazines, billboards. And so they had a 700% increase in just the third quarter alone of their first year since going public. Now, in 2006, Google buys YouTube. 2006, Google becomes an official verb in the English language on that's June so 15th, 2016. <laughs> so when you Google something that's actually proper English, I Googled something. And this is where we're going to get it in. We're going to get into how this applies to you, the listener, and how we can help you. Is now in 2007, they're 32 years old. They start buying a company called DoubleClick. And DoubleClick is that they bought it for $3 billion, but yet no one really knows what DoubleClick does. DoubleClick allows ads to follow you all around the internet. Then they launch a satellite into space, which allowed Google Maps to be possible. 
Then they go out there and they buy the phone company Motorola. So now they can make phones. And so now, here we are. I'm going to skip on down here to Thrive Nation. I'm going to get into how Google works here for you. This is how we, now Google owns the way you use your smartphones. They own the maps. They own YouTube. They own Google itself. And now, Chup, I mean, what percentage of the holiday presents that you're going to buy this year are you going to buy online? Of all of them. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm going to do my very best. To how not old are you? Them. 33. You don't respect stores. No, I don't respect. Boo! I'm moving on. <laughs> Paul, right. how many? What percentage of your presents this year are you going to buy online versus where you actually go to a store? Um, probably 50, 60 percent. Uh, and I want to make sure that all the listeners know this because I support stores because I'm old school. We call him brick and mortar around here. That's his name. <laughs> Dad is right. I am definitely going to not buy all my gifts online, and I have no reason for it. There's no deep reason. I'm not like pro local <laughs> brick and mortar store. I just I don't like buying online. I don't get that sometimes questionable customer service. It I don't happens. get that distracted uh, seasonal worker who's not trying to help me. <laughs> I don't get that sense of chaos that I of being in line. I don't get. You're the, really looking for that holiday music. I yeah. know. I know that's what you're going out to the store. And I'm looking for, for the shameless upsell. And I'm yeah. also looking for a guy who's going to ask me, "Are you a rewards member?" I want all that to happen, and that can't happen if I buy online. And I've never actually bought holiday gifts online. I've thought about dipping my toe into it. But once you do, you'll go all in. So if, if you're trying to hold out, I wouldn't dip the toe, Clay. So when we come back. We're, gonna, we're, we're now that we know that Google's in control of everything, and that. Eight out of ten people begin a search for a product or service online yeah. using Google. We, we know this to be true. Now we're going to teach you specifically how to get your business to the top of Google. How do you do it? We're going to teach you when we come back. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Ready to enter the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Don't you give me all that jive about things you wrote before eyes alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. Oh, Christmas Rappin' by Curtis Blow, one of the first rap songs to ever make it on the radio. Did you know that? Did you know that? That was the first, that was the first official hip-hop song to make it to the top 40 there. They had kind of a holiday theme to it. The very first song was Rapper's Delight. Remember, a hip-hop, hippie, hippie to the hip-hip. And that was the second song right there was Curtis Blow. That was a production by Def Jam and Russell Simmons, which we've covered on earlier episodes this month because this entire month we're breaking down the life and times of super successful people. And today we're breaking down the life and times of Sergey Brin and Larry Page, the co-founders of Google. And now we're going to teach you how Google actually works. So I'm going to read you a notable quotable that was written actually by Google itself. And it says, in the simplest terms, you could think of searching the web as looking in a very large book with an impressive index telling you exactly where everything is located. When you perform a Google search, our programs check our index to determine the most relevant results to be returned, served to you, the ones that come up top. And it's based on these three things. First, crawling. Does Google know, your, know about your site? Does it? I mean, can we find it? This is directly from Google. I'm not paraphrasing. It says, first, crawling. Does Google know about your site? Can we find it? Two, indexing. Can Google index your site? Third, 
Serving. Does the site have good and useful content that is relevant to the user's search? I will tell you, if we meet with 100 business owners, probably 85 of them, uh, the answer to question number one, two, and three is no. No, Google doesn't know about your site. Two, no, Google can't crawl your site. Three, no, you don't have more relevant content than your competition. Eric Chupp, does this ever blow your mind And we sit down with the business owner that we're able to completely change their financial future simply by helping them get to the top of the... I mean, everyone is going online to search. Right. It would be like, imagine this, imagine this Thrive Nation. Imagine that everybody in your town had to buy all of their goods and services from one grocery store. Everyone had to. It was required. The whole city, the whole state, everyone had to go to that store. Imagine you could put a sign up, and you're, there's only one sign, by the way, yeah. for the whole store. <laughs> you could put a sign up that says whatever you want it to say in front of that store. That's what it's like being top in front of Google. Like you're in front of everybody who's searching for products and services. Eric Chubb, does it blow your mind how much of an impact we can make for clients just by getting it, them to the top of Google? It really does. And it blows their mind, in fact, once we show them that there actually is a way. Because I was the same way before I learned all these super moves and these tricks. I built a website personally for the concrete company that me and my parents were running. Had no idea that you even had to submit it to get indexed. Had no idea about keywords. Had no idea about You're a business stuff. coach. So I'm right. going to put you, and typically I wouldn't, wouldn't pop quiz you. All right, pop quiz. If the client comes in, you've got the start here curriculum. You've got right. all the books right there in front of you, all the right. systems. But what are the, the four things that customers can do, that everyone listening right now, that you could do to get to the top of Google? What are the four variables that control your Google rank that all every right. listener could do? So first of all, you've got to follow Google's canonical rules, their architecture, their rules that they have for the website, the way that they can see things, just how it's built on the back end, right? And we don't, we've never had a client ever since I have been working here, which is the day we founded the company. <laughs> since I've been doing consulting, which has been almost 12 years now, right. I've not had a single client that has ever had a web guy Whoever knows how to do this. Right. Because of all the web people in the world, there are only three companies. There's SEO Inc., mm -hmm. big company. SEO Inc. is a big, big company, very successful company. There's BruceClay.com, Bruce Clay. He writes SEO for dummies. And there's myself. There's only three search engine people on the planet that do this. No, now, the problem is, Brucey Bruce, I love Bruce, the Bruce the Truth, he's 12 grand a month. Right. All right. SEO Inc. is going to get you for a long term contract at 10 grand a month, minimum. Those are some big numbers. Big numbers. And we can do it for how much, Chubb? Uh, it's included in your package. It's $1,500 a month. And month to month? Month to month. It okay. includes videographer, photographer, uh, coders, graphic designer, so all of that stuff. So step one, uh, you got to have the most Google canonical compliance. Right. Step two. Step two, you got to have the most Google reviews. Now, Paul Hood, you are a highly reviewed accountant. Uh, I would argue it's kind of easy for Paul because mm -hmm. Paul has thousands of clients. But by the way, it wasn't easy starting with zero clients. So I want to ask you this, Paul. Question number one. When you first started Hood CPAs and it was just Hood, like just you, it was just you alone in a room, did your wife help you or did you have an assistant or how did you get your first clients? When you first, day one, when you first started, because now it's a huge company, you're Tulsa's number one resource for accountants. You've kind of become the Dr. Zellner of accounting. Uh, people, when they Google search for Claremore Accounting or Bartlesville Accounting or they listen to the radio on the weekends, they're going to hear about you. How did you, when you first started, how did you get going? Well, when I first started, I actually bought a small practice immediately. And yes, oh, he's a cheater. Yeah, I cheated. But yes, uh, my wife worked for me for about a month, and then I had to fire her. What? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That's yeah. real. That's you real. know, I'm, I'm in there busy. You know, I'm the big dog now. My name's on the door. I'm the boss, Clay. I'm the boss. I'm sure that's how it went down. I'm the boss. And I said, <laughs> hey, can you get so-and-so on the phone? And she said, uh, get him on the phone yourself. 
Oh, because yeah. you didn't take out the trash. I, yeah, there was and something And you were sort there. of, uh, you came home late, yeah. and you didn't mow the lawn. Something. And really, it was coming back to you. Probably, karma. Yeah, something I did three years ago, yeah, probably. Yeah, the well, karma. You said the right, it was your fault. Obviously. Yeah, it was my that's, that's fault. awesome. Yeah. Nice. Hey, now, I, I want to tell you from personal experience, Clay, because I've been had my own practice for 30 years. Uh Across the board, I am extremely successful as a CPA compared to most CPAs. I'm going to tell you, when we came and saw you guys, my website had been down for like 10 years. Um, and you know why it's down? Because they, web guys are so freaking hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Well, and I would have told you, well, nobody's going to try finding me on the Google machine. You on know? the Googles? No, my clients come from referrals. Nobody does that. Now, I was doing a ton of shopping on Google. I don't know why I thought people weren't. And since we started working with you as a business coach, it's insane the number of people that are calling us and finding us on Google. And this is this is so big, though, because if you are, if you, if you are listening right now and you've been in business for over 10 years, checkmate. You just won. Because whoever has the most reviews that impacts your Google rank, and 88% of consumers, according to Forbes, read reviews before buying. So for you, you just had to reach out to your real current customers and say, could you leave us a real yep. review? Yep. I mean, that was kind of easier It for was you. very easy. We just didn't know. Oh. I didn't know the questions to ask. I think you made up that word canonical or whatever it is. I've never heard of it. <laughs> I'm trying to Google it. I can't spell it. I, I don't think it. I don't know what happens. This guy made up the word canonical. Listen to him. Canonical, all, all it is, it's referring to the established rules, like the canon of the Bible. Uh, there was a conference. They got together, and they decided these books seem to be what we believe to be, to our best of our, our knowledge, the irrefutable word of God, or at least were inspired by God. And so henceforth, you can't add any books or take any books away. This will be the canon. This is how this works. And that's how Google is. They said, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's certain rules you have to do. And if you and if you abide by those rules, you can get to the top of Google. Now, Chuck, what's the third move? All right. The third move is your website has to be mobile compliant. Why? It has to look good on a cell phone because friggin' everybody is on their cell phone these days. I would never use a cell phone to buy products or services. Ronnie, give, Ronnie give Clay his mic back. We're trying to do a radio show. Okay. Here. So this is the thing. I mean, the, a lot of people, though, uh, their site looks great on, on the computer, right? but not very good in mobile. And, and the thing is, uh, when you're meeting with your web developer, whoever's running the site for you, they're probably not showing it to you on a, on a mobile device. They're probably showing it to you on your desktop or you're at their office or on a laptop. And so the thing is, you got to go double check that and make sure it looks good mobile. When we come back, we're going to break down the fourth variable. But I encourage you to go to thrivetimeshow.com. Right now, it's thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for our December 8th and 9th conference. Due to a very generous sponsorship from Hood CPAs, the tickets are now, are now just $99. Book your tickets today at thrivetimeshow.com. We still have three tickets left as of today. Stay tuned. LL Cool J is hard as hell. Battle anybody, I don't care. You I excel. They all Gonna All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. If you're just tuning in for the first time, we don't always play old school music, but this month, our entire focus is breaking down the life and times of super successful entrepreneurs. Everybody has 24 hours a day. Everyone we've covered this month started with nothing, but how did they get there? Well, if you missed the episode we did about Def Jam and the unlikely rise and success of the guy who introduced hip-hop music into America, Russell
Russell Simmons. You've got to go to Thrive Time Show, click on the podcasts, and listen to the Russell Simmons podcast. He introduced LL Cool J into the marketplace, which is the guy you just heard the intro music there. And today we're breaking down the life and times of Larry Page and Sergey Brin and how Google works. On yesterday's show, we introduced you to Larry and Sergey and how they started the business while going to the PhD program at Stanford with the, with the stated desire to download the whole internet so they could find a better way to organize it. But before we move on, that idea, Marshall, of downloading the entire internet, I mean, the, the profundity of that, that is huge. You're going to need a big computer for that. Well, this is how they did it. Uh, they didn't have enough computing space to do it, obviously. And Larry uh, turns to Sergey. Sergey turns to Larry. I'm not sure in the order of the conversation. It's one or the other. Yeah. Here's the deal. If we want to download the whole internet, we have some computers here that aren't being used because Stanford upgrades the new computers every couple of years. Why don't we not ask? I'm sure it'll be fine. Let's um, string them all together. One computer will be the server. The other ones will be the slave computers. And we'll just begin downloading the whole internet. And when we do, we'll probably figure out why certain sites rank high and why certain sites don't rank high, rank high in Alta Vista and all these different companies. And they realize, man, these search engines, Alta Vista, Alta Vista Ask Jeeves, AOL, they're kind of pay for play. You're just paying to be to the top. And so they thought, you know what? The most credible way that we could rank websites would be based on backlinks. Because, you know, if a site has a bunch of other sites that link to it, you know, it's probably credible. There's right. a ton of people that link to the New York Times, a ton of people that link to Fox, a ton of people that link to Nike. It's probably the best move. If a site doesn't have anybody linking to it, it's probably not a good move. They did that for a while, and then uh, people started using more and more Google, and then hucksters, uh, people out there, hackers, uh, tricksters, uh, entrepreneurs, pirates, uh, they decided to start buying backlinks from companies in India. And uh, Larry and Sergey thought, you know what? If people can buy backlinks quickly like that, it probably isn't wise of us to continue ranking sites based solely upon who has the most backlinks. So Larry Page writes an algorithm called PageRank that now factors in the four primary variables that get people to the top of Google. And Eric Chubb was breaking them down for us. Uh, Chubb, for anybody just tuning in, can you break these down again, my yeah, friend? Yeah, absolutely. So the canonical rules, the, the, the rules that they've established, you got to follow that back-end architecture that they want your site to be in. you got to have more Google reviews. Real quick, you have yeah. to have the right architecture. If you don't, and you probably don't, book your tickets for our December 8th and 9th workshop. We will teach you how to do it. Marshall, we're going to break it. We'll teach people all the canonical rules, and we have a team to actually help you execute the system. We'll break it down like fractions. We'll break it down like Whoa. linoleum, like a Run DMC video, mm. like a, like a, like a car with flat tires. Mm. Breakdown. Like a complete, like a like somebody who just had a big loss in their life. Mm. Like Tom break, Petty. Break breakdown. Like like Rest Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah, that's how much we'll break it down. Now, Chuck, what's the second move? Second move is having more Google review. What Google reviews? Not what? Facebook. Not anything else. Uh, MySpace. If you're old school, more Google reviews. I still use my MySpace. <laughs> I do too. We'll have to connect on there. Uh, oh, nice. But more Google reviews in their competitions. So you got to get them to go and leave you a real review. Do not ask for a good one. Ask for an objective Google review. Right. You have to ask your real customers for real reviews. And if you don't know how to get reviews from real customers. Book your tickets for the December 8th and 9th Thrive Time Workshop. Paul, you've sponsored the workshop, and so right now the tickets are just $99. Why did you decide to sponsor the workshop, and what kind of things can our listeners learn if they book? We have three tickets left for the December 8th and 9th Workshop. Well, they better get them booked quick. The reason I sponsor is because the, the financial failure rate in this country is disgusting. And um, I feel like my, the, my 
purpose is to help and facilitate. The thing is, is I didn't know what I didn't know either. And um, I can guarantee you, guarantee, CPAs, guarantee if somebody comes to this workshop and I'll give them their $99 back and I get nothing out of it. It's insane. The things that will take your business from from A to Z, it'll accelerate things uh, at least 10, 12 years as far as success. And like a modern-day Santa Claus, who's better looking? I mean, you're a physically oh, yeah, fit yeah. Santa Claus. You're also giving the listeners something great all month here at hoodcpas.com. What are, what are you giving all the listeners, my man? Well, first, let me clear up. On my radio show, on our radio show on Saturday, you kept calling me a vegan. I am not a vegan. I'm a, really? I'm a meat you eater. You look oh like a gluten-free yeah, Santa. I, I am eat. I had... I had pecan pie for breakfast. Yeah. I, I, that's what I do. Um, anyway, <laughs> Are you on steroids? I know what? I am not on steroids either. Oh. Um, so it's a sugar sh- high. Sh- it is a sugar <laughs> high. It's that and chai tea. There you go. Uh, go to my website, hoodcpas.com. What we're giving away is an hour of power, hour of my time, free. Come and talk. Um, whatever questions you have, you know, if you call your CPA right now, you're going to get a bill for two hundred bucks an hour. Uh, at least. So call, come and take advantage of it. We're also giving away a copy of Warren Buffett's book, uh, Snowball. Great book. Again, think outside the box. Look at what successful people are doing. That's why you need to be at Thrive at, on the 8th and 9th. The only uh, authorized biography of Warren Buffett you're giving away, just go to hoodcpas.com right now. I can't figure out what? how to get there. Well, you got to type it in. Hoodcpas.com. You get there, schedule your free consultation, get your free book. Chop, what's the third variable that impacts your Google rank? Mobile compliance. Uh, I don't really use a mobile phone to search the internet, and I prefer to use Bing. Well, isn't that special? I use Bing all the time. <laughs> I'm well, using Bing right now. Bing, Bing, Bing. You're you're the exception that proves the rule, right, Ronnie? That's the so everybody, almost everybody, I should say, is on their phones when they're looking for stuff now. Um, they're not really, you know, out. They're going to be out driving around and they're talking. When I'm to not their phone. using Bing. I use Ask Jeeves, and I do it all from my personal computer. I never search anything using my mobile phone. I remember when Ask Jeeves first came out. I thought it was so interesting. Wow. The little butler. Yeah, the, butler. the little logo there, and it's like, I'm going to ask So your site has to be mobile compliant. Got to be mobile compliant. And our team can help you do that, but we can't help you if we don't get to know you. Right. Go to thrivetimeshow.com and schedule your one-on-one consultation. Fourth move. Chuck. All right, the fourth move is the big kahuna. The big kahuna. The big kahuna. The big kahuna. You have to have the most original content on your website. You have to have more content, more written words than everybody else in, in your niche that are going for the same keywords as you. Uh, Google is looking for the biggest book, not the best written book, okay? So they're looking for the encyclopedia, not you know Shakespeare's best work. Now, for, for all of the listeners out there that are checking out specifically how to write the most content. We're going to talk about that when we come back after the break. Because there's create... really only three ways to there's write only the three most ways. content. Three verifiable ways. Three verifiable, provable ways. And unfortunately, um, I would say that of the three ways, um, really there's only one way that we see listeners consistently take advantage of. But you can do all three ways. You could, you could do it. I mean, one is kind of a sweat equity move where you have to put some time into it. One's a financial move. One's a, one's a financial move. One's a financial and move. And one's a kind of a, you know... You kind of a move, but not a move. Kind of a, it's kind of a, a, yeah, it's kind of like... It's a, a snail move. It's like snail it's a, move. It's a snail move. Right, right. Snail it's, a, it's a controversial move. So <laughs> we come back, we're going to teach you the three ways to produce content to get your site to the top of Google, assuming that you have the other variables in place. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. We're teaching you how Google works. Book your tickets at thrivetimeshow.com for the December 8th and 9th workshop. Stay tuned.
Get ready to enter the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Nation, welcome back to the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, sent here on a mission to get you into a great financial position. But one of one of the biggest issues that I have with not you, but someone you know. I mean, not 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 you, the listener, but it's someone else who listens to the show on occasion. It's not you. It's just other people. Is that there are a lot of people who are looking at life as though their life is happening to someone else. Ooh. They're not happy with their... As an example, my wife, wonderful lady, she's great. Um, my wife loves to travel because she's normal. I don't <laughs> like to travel so much because I am abnormal. Um, my wife um, is, is a, a really, really great woman. She says, you know, I want to have a Thanksgiving meal. I kind of don't want to have a Thanksgiving meal. Because to me, it interrupts my schedule. And for her, it's like bonding time. And so for me, I've always been a grinder. I love getting stuff done. Uh, and so to me, if we wanted to get stuff done, we would just eat the meal fast, maybe make it in a smoothie or a shake. we just down it. Boom. A blender burger. But my wife has high expectations. Work with me, Thrive Nation. My wife has high expectations. And she says, although you may be centric, and although that works great for the family financially, we're going to have a Thanksgiving meal, and we're going to get you to a place where you actually like it. And so my wife will ask the question, why? Why don't you like traveling? And I'll say, well, you know, X, Y, Z, one, two, three. Well, recently we've discovered, we've been married 16 years. We've discovered that why I don't like traveling is because I have a duty and a commitment to doing what I said I would do, even though I'm gone. So if I'm on vacation, I cannot be on vacation because I still want to continue honoring the commitment I have to whatever that is. So if it's a commitment to call a client, I'll do it. If it's a commitment to someone on the beach calling clients, if it's, um, so the thing my wife has pointed out is maybe, just maybe you should say yes to less opportunities. Ooh. And so I'm going, so are you saying to me, if I actually have less things I say yes to, then I will feel less uh, likely to uh, want to not leave because I'll have less commitment. She goes, Yes. And I think about it. I go down to the man cave thinking, this is stupid. This is wrong. There's no way she's possibly right. And then I realize Steve Jobs said that focus means saying no to a thousand things, not just saying yes to every good idea. And I, so I listened to a very intense podcast over the week. I'm always learning. And I was listening to a podcast about from Ray Dalio. I listened to another podcast with Tim Ferriss, a couple different ones. And they talked about there's a certain part of your life where you have to say yes to everything because you're trying to earn the, they're trying to earn an invite to the dance. Anybody who invites you to the dance, you're like, yes, we're going to the dance. Woo! Because you thought you're going to end up spinning prom in your car alone by yourself. But then at a certain point, the tipping point happens. Now you're like the prom king, the homecoming king, whatever, and you're getting a lot of invites, and now you got to start to say no. 
You got to start to say no to a lot of things that aren't scalable, aren't repeatable. And if you're listening right now, I don't know what you need to say no to, but you've got to say no to something to get out to our workshop and to learn how Google works. You've just got to say no to something. Did you, you mentioned the Tim Ferriss podcast. Were you listening to his newest one where he talks about how to say no? Yeah. I was just listening to it on the way in this morning. It's I'm always a, current amazing. on my Tim Ferriss knowledge. Oh, I love he, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Well, he's awesome, and, and he goes through a lot of ways. He's writing a book. Do you remember what Team of Titans or something like that? Tools of Titans. Tools, Tools of Titans. Well, he's writing a new Tribe one. Of oh, oh, Tribe, Tribe of Mentors. Tribe of Mentors. That's oh, it. Yeah. Tribe of Mentors. Yeah. And he, he on the podcast, he talks about some of the ways that some really famous and successful people told him no. And how they did it in ways that didn't like you know hurt him or upset him or that wasn't rude. And so a super valuable tool to just pile onto what you're saying there is you got to learn to say no because there's too many opportunities out there. Now there's the fourth variable. We talked about the previous three in the earlier segments. You can get it at thrivetimeshow.com. Click on podcasts. The fourth variable is what there, Chip? Most content, most original content about your subject. So you got to have more words on your website than the competition. So there's one way you can do it. Marshall, it's podcasts. Oh yeah, podcasts. Somebody who feels overwhelmed about podcasts, you're writing a new book about podcasts. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fantastic. Anybody can do it. Tell us about the book. Tell us how to do podcasts. Just I t- You just hog the mic and Blah, teach, us, teach us the good news of podcasts. Oh my gosh. So we've recorded recorded podcasts for all different kinds of clients in every single different industry. We haven't recorded one for cat juggling yet, but I hear that one's coming. coming I did write content for cat juggling about 10 years ago and I own DJ Connection. Okay. We were topping Google for the word cat Cat juggling juggling in the world. world. Okay. True story. Okay. And we did actually get calls occasionally from people who thought it was hilarious. I don't know what you were searching. You maybe just saw a Steve Martin movie or something, <laughs> but I'm not kidding. We used to be top in the world for fire breathers and cat juggling. <laughs> That's Back amazing. To you. That's awesome. And so you wrote content, but yes. one of the moves for creating content for your website is actually to record a podcast. And so if you're saying, well, I don't know how to write a podcast. I don't know how to write it. I don't know. We actually walk you through step-by-step on how to record a podcast. But and I it's don't actually, have a microphone, and I don't know how to do it. Oh, my gosh. This book is going to change your world then. Okay, and so what you actually, world are we on? And so you create this podcast, and what our team can actually do is we can actually transcribe the podcast into text that then goes up on your website. But to what? What uh, tool do you use to transcribe something into text? Oh my Marshall? gosh, it, it is it is fantastic. We have a couple different tools that we use, um, but the most current one that we're actually using is actually something called End Quote. End, end quote sounds end, a lot like the word quote with the word end in front of it. Th- that's exactly right. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. But it's end quote. Really tied that one together there. <laughs> thank, thank you for that. I'm kind of a wordsmith. <laughs> so, People know what I'm saying. I'm really good at coming up with the right words to say at the right time. In a I different always, order. In a different I order. Know. I just reverse the two words. I always know mm. the right words to say. Marshall, continue. And so you have uh, the podcast as move number one. You record a podcast in 10-minute episodes, and you actually transcribe that into text, and it goes up onto the website. That's move number one. What is new move number two? Ooh, move you talking to me? T- yeah, I'm you, talking, you, talking, hey, you talking to me? I'm, I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt him. I'm going to interrupt okay. here. You're going to interrupt me. So I'm passionate about move number two. Okay. Move number two is the word is the move that you won't do. Oh wow. As a listener, I mean, you'll do it. Your friends won't do it. Damn. Oh, other it's, people. It's writing a thoughtful blog. Whew. Oh wow. So there's a blog out there called the Momastery. Mom Asteri. Okay. People love to want to write a blog when they hear how much money she makes. That's pretty punny. The pioneer woman. Hmm. The, by the way, the momastery is super funny because I have a wife who's a mom, five kids. I read that sometimes, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. It's so funny the because it's true. It is so true. <laughs> momastery, that's a blog. Uh, that's something. And Pioneer Woman, that's a blog. But a lot of people, I mean, the Pioneer Woman took six consecutive years and wrote content. Think about that. 
How long would it take you to write? I mean, Paul, if you had to sit down and write one article that was really well-written, really well-thought out, how long would it take you to write? I mean, for me, it's about two hours. How long would it take you to write an article? Uh, probably two days, at least. <laughs> and it takes a I have thousand to stop. words it's of hard. content. Clay, I have to stop and eat my pecan pie. So right. probably two days. She sugar, wrote blood content sugar for six years without six any years. kind of encouragement. Well, I mean, if you just think, what were you doing six years ago? That is a crazy thought. You to weren't think writing of. blogs. You were it. not writing blogs. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Paul Graham, after Paul Graham sold his company, Air, uh, sold his company first company called Via Web. Via Web was the first online shopping cart. He sold it for almost $50 million to Yahoo. Hmm. He took seven consecutive years to write essays that are still available at paulgram.com. <laughs> and when he started getting 30 million people a year on his site, he gave his first Harvard talk. And then so many people wanted him to help him that he started Y Combinator, which is now the investment company that started Airbnb and Dropbox and Reddit. Seven years! Because you have to be at the top of Google. If you're going to write a blog, it's going to take some time. Now, the third move, the third move is where you can pay the Thrive team. We have the most uh, inexpensive, the most effective, the most um, affordable, the most non-committal. It's month to month. Most awesome. Search engine optimization program on the planet. I kid you not. Just today, do you know Quality Roofing just hit page one of Google for the word Tulsa Roofing? Oh, <laughs> they just hit it. Boy. They yeah. just hit it. This is month six. Wow. Steve Currington, there he is. Company number two, top of Google. And it, and it took his first business like eight months, that almost nine a months, year. Of, uh, almost, almost a year. Yeah, because he had, yeah, it, it, we, we, we wrote the content for him. Yeah, but it took him that long to do it. So it's not like a get rich quick move. No, you can't just throw up content from like copy content. When we come back, I want to get Paul Hood's perspective on why he chose, he chooses to let the Thrive team write content for him. I want you to really get into the details and the weeds about this because Eric Chupp, you're a business coach. Marshall, you're a business coach. We want you guys to pontificate and educate the listeners about how that process looks of us writing content. And Paul, you have a gift for all the listeners, an early Christmas gift. What are you giving away to each and every listener of the Thrive Time Show? I'm right dreaming now? of a white Christmas. White, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping no snow. I'm hoping 80 degree weather. Anyway, go to my website, hoodcpas.com. We're giving away two things. One is an hour of my time. Um, and just to ask anything you want, talk about your business, talk about your personal finances. And we're also giving away a copy of Warren Buffett's book, The Snowball. And you talk about thinking about the world differently. And this man was, uh, when he was a billionaire, he still drove an eight-year-old Cadillac and lived in a $35,000 house, which he became a billionaire, I believe, Clay, in his uh, 30s, something like that. When we come back, we're going to break, break it down more and more about the life and times of Warren Buffett and the incredible Paul Hood giveaway. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on you your radio.